Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. But we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families will never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785 This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Episode 236. It's Remembering Kenny Rogers, and we'll talk to Matt Ramsey of Old Dominion, lead singer of that group. Kenny Rogers died over the weekend. I guess I saw it Saturday morning. Um, and Crazy, because I just looked at Kenny Rogers and, and knew his songs, and obviously was a fan, like everybody else. My grandma was a fan, so it made me a fan. And then later on in his life, and early on in my career in Nashville, we got to be I wouldn't say friends, but definitely friendly acquaintances where we would make a point to see each other or talk to each other. And so, yeah, woke up Saturday and saw that he had passed away. He was 81 years old. And so I kind of wanted to talk about that for a minute. Which, by the way, I did talk to Lionel Richie today. In the next couple of days, we'll have him. He's just going to do the radio show and talk about Kenny. Cool. But he was like, hey, man, I'll do whatever. And so it's just weird that I can just call Lionel. I was kind of That's pretty cool. Well, because I never want to hit up my friends yeah. to do... My work stuff. It's why I think Luke Bryan comes on the show far less now than before than yeah. he ever did before. Mm-hmm. Because again, I don't ask my friends to do much. You know, I'd love to have Darius on the podcast. And last night, Darius and I were texting for like 15 minutes. He was sending me demos because he's, he's recording songs. And he's like, man, I'm trapped in the house. I'm doing uh, all this quarantining. So I'm just writing. And he's like, what do you think about this song? And I normally don't listen to demos. But I'm listening to this going, well, first of all, what weird life is this? Then he's sending me demos and going, what does this make you think about? You know, what do you think about this? But then I would never be like, hey, dude, come on the Bobby. I don't know. It's just a weird line to walk. So it's going to be cool to have Lionel on. That's awesome. Because Lionel Richie really is the greatest guy. And, and we'll talk about him coming up in a second because he wrote one of Kenny Rogers' biggest songs. So Kenny Rogers died at 81 years old. By the numbers, he had 24 number one hits. Sold over 50 million albums in the U.S. alone. Six CMAs, three Grammys. The Gambler, which I'd mentioned on the show, I think is one of the biggest songs of all time. Because massive song, many charts, multiple movies. 
He played the character in a bunch of the movies. And this song isn't just about gambling. I mean, it really is a kind of a metaphor for life. Like, think about that. You got to know when to hold them, like stay in, stay in the fight, know when to fold them, when to go, all right, I'm not going to win this, so I'm going to put my energy somewhere else. Know when to walk away, going, all right, and then know where to run, when to just get, get the crap out of there. Like, sure, it's about gambling, but that's like a metaphor for life. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. <laughs> you never count your chickens before they hatch. So 1978, The Gambler comes out, massive song. In 1985, and I talked to him about this in the interview of the show. He was in the original recording of We Are the World, where they're all around. Michael Jackson. Did Michael, look this up for me. Okay. Did Lionel Richie write We Are the World? Oh, good question. Because maybe Michael and Steve, I don't know. You tell me. If you were going to ask me in trivia, I would say Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. You are correct, yeah. <laughs> Written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. Produced by Quincy Jones. I'd have got that right, and I wouldn't have known where it come from, because sometimes I'll just recall things. How did things. you know that? Well, I'll recall things and start questioning myself. You always do that, so, and it's always usually right. In trivia, I just, I just jump at it, and I miss quick, but also get right quick. But yeah, uh, Lionel Richie wrote We Are the World. Crazy, huh? Uh, he co-chaired Kenny Hands Across America, a campaign which sought to raise awareness about homeless and hungry in the U.S. But if you, it was that logo of all those hands holding. Mm-hmm. A bit before you, yeah. A bit before me, like I whew, can vaguely remember it. I think I remember the pop culture references to it, but not it actually happening. And in that horror movie, Us. Yeah, yeah. In 2015, Kenny Rogers announced his retirement. So this is by the numbers. He did, you know, retire to spend time with his family. Here's a quote. There are a lot of things that I want to do together and I want to create some special memories. I have a bucket list of my own. I have a bucket list I want to do with them. And when he was on the show in 2013, he talked about his, his young kids because mm-hmm. he had kids again later. His name was Kenneth Rogers. And we'll talk about why he changed from Kenneth to Kenny because he was going by Kenneth for a long time as a stage name. He was born in 1938. He's a Texan. While his name was Kenneth Donald on his birth certificate, his family always called him Kenneth Ray. He grew up super poor. He lived with his parents. He had six siblings. They lived in the projects. And it took him a while to figure out what he wanted to do because he was a a star athlete too. But by high school, he thought, I think I'm going to do music. So he bought himself a guitar and he started a group called The Scholars. And what you're going to hear about Kenny, what is interesting is country was later on for him. He was in jazz, in rock. He did all this stuff and then moved to country. Where if that happened today, which it does happen today, people would go, we ain't even country. (laughs) And he's one of the most country. It's kind of a rockabilly band called The Scholars. Then he moved over to a kind of folk style. And he joined... New Christy Minstrels in 1966. Now, let me know if we have any clips of this stuff. I know we're so some of this stuff is so random. Because yeah. I looked yet. for some of this early stuff too, and I couldn't find any of the music except really bad versions. So he left and did a group called First Edition. And it was kind of folk and rock and a little bit of country. Now, I know this song. I just dropped in to see mm-hmm. what condition my condition was in. On a jagged sky. 
I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Cray, I, that's a that's a <laughs> that's Kenny Rogers. My condition was in. I would hear this on the oldie station, and I never knew that that was Kenny Rogers. I, just, I knew the song, but they were for, um, first edition, and then they it ended up being Kenny Rogers. Kenny, or Ken, I don't know if it's Kenny or Kenneth at this point, but it was they they put his name on the front of it too. Uh, so in 1974, before we were born, he left the group, went solo, and decided to focus his energy on country music. So at this point, he's been psychedelic rock. He did folk rock. He was he played bass, stand-up bass in a jazz band. And he goes solo, and Love Lifted Me became his first solo top 20 in 1975. Bye. Come on. A couple years later, uh, Kenny hit the top of the charts. Here you go. You may know this one. This is Lucille. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Man, this is my grandma all over it. <laughs> it's about a guy being left by his wife. And this song did well in the pop charts, too. It was a top five pop song. Got him a Grammy. Best country vocal. I mean, he was basically Dan and Shay before Dan and Shay existed. <laughs> And I mean that in the most loving, like, complimentary way. So Lucille was really the first song to pop him. And, you know, he was super poor still before Lucille, but this hit him and actually made him a little bit of money. And when the song started to hit, he went from broke to being able to buy his own jet pretty quick. Like, it was like, poor, 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 poor. Well, bam, in like two or three months. I mean, buying a jet, that's money, money. <laughs> that's not a little bit of money. That's money, money. So then we go up to 78, and he released The Gambler. Got, got a Grammy for that. Obviously, 1983, one of his biggest hits. And again, I if you ask me which one is bigger... Between the gambler and islands in the stream, I don't know. They're both ubiquitous in music. So, what would you say, Mike? I would probably say "Islands in the Stream." I think that's a song even my mom would know. You don't think she would know the gambler just from not even music? I think more so "Islands in the Stream." Yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing. I. <laughs> Like maybe it depends on who you talk to. Because mm-hmm. Islands in the Stream didn't have five movies made about it. <laughs> it's true. By the way, this song was written by the Bee Gees. One of the Bee Gees. And the Bee Gees was supposed to, they were going to, they did cut a version of it, but it was after, right? Yeah, like way it, later on, like almost in 2000. It's a tribute. Mm-hmm. So it was written by the Bee Gees. Um, Dolly and Kenny cut it. It's massive. Those are the two biggest songs. You know, he also was a photographer. You know what I find is a lot of these guys are just out on the road a lot, seeing a lot of stuff. They're like, what do I do to fill the time? Well, I can do drugs or drink or run or photography. A lot of them will do photography. Ronnie Dunn does photography. Mm-hmm. And so he went all around the country and he did a book called Kenny Rogers America. And it was a bunch of, bunch of stuff that he had seen. They did another book called Your Friends and Mine, which was a picture book. 
He did a bunch of movies, a bunch of TV movies, because back in the day, those were bigger than they are now. Yeah. You don't see those much now. Now you see Netflix movies, yeah. which I guess would kind of be the, the, new one. the reinvention of that. He had his own record label. He did the deal, man. In 2013, which is why I got to meet him and spend time with him, was when he kind of started coming back around again because he released the album You Can't Make Old Friends. And that song I thought was great. They performed that, I think it's a CMAs. Tim and Dolly. April 2018, he pulled out of a performance in North Carolina at a casino. And they said, hey, we're going to cancel the final dates of the tour because of a series of health challenges. He said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this opportunity to say farewell to the fans over the course of the last two years on the Gambler's Last Deal Tour. I could never properly thank them for the encouragement and support they've given me throughout my career and the happiness that I've experienced as a result of that. You know, a lot of celebrities have reacted Lionel Richie wrote, Today I lost one of my closest friends. So much laughter, so many adventures to remember. My heart is broken. He wrote this for Kenny. Yep. Lady. And by the way, we would play a lot of Kenny's other songs. He has a ton of number ones. (laughs) We'd be here all day. More than fit on this wall. Dolly Parton remembered her partner. Quote, You never know how much you love somebody until they're gone. I've had so many wonderful years and wonderful times with my friend Kenny, but above all the music and success, I loved him as a wonderful man and a true friend. Here's a clip of Dolly talking about Kenny from her Twitter. I loved Kenny with all my heart. My heart's broken, and a big old chunk of it has gone with him today. And I think that I can speak for all his family, his friends and fans, when I say that I will always love you. God bless you, Kenny. Fly high. Straight to the arms of God. Here's Kenny Rogers talking about how he found his own niche after he knew he couldn't with the younger artists. Basically, I'm a guy who's had enough experience and enough age to tell stories. And a lot of the young kids can't do that because they don't have the age and the history. So I think that's my niche is finding songs like The Greatest, Buy Me a Rose, uh, I Can't Unlove You, songs that maybe some of these young guys can't do because I certainly can't compete with them in what they do. And I would never try that. I learned a long time ago that you find your own niche and stay there. And then you try, once you get in, you try to expand that envelope. He was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2013. This is him on getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. He said, you know, I have good news and bad news, and the good news is we're inducting you into the Hall of Fame. The bad news is you can't tell anybody. I said, can I tell my wife? He said, if she's like any wife I've ever known, don't tell her. So we started with that. Biography Kenny Rogers is premiering Monday, April 13th. And this is a chronicle of Kenny Rogers' life from childhood through the first edition. When they blew up and they fell. The Gambler, Pop Icon, pardon me, Pop Icon. And because of coronavirus, they're not doing a big service quite yet. They say at a later date. He was married five times. Woo. A lot of money going out to those. (laughs) Oh, that's what you think of? (laughs) Yeah. He was married five times over the course of his life with his first wedding taking place in 1958. In June of 1997, he married for his fifth and final time to Wanda Miller. When he died in 2020, the couple had been married for 23 years. 
Kenny had five children. He and Wanda share identical twin boys, which were born in 2004. The odd thing is, you know, despite his most popular song being about gambling, he really wasn't a gambler. I mean, he told me on the radio show that he couldn't win enough to excite him, but he could lose enough to piss him off or something <laughs> like that. And so he lived with Don Henley for a while from the Eagles. In 1970, Kenny Rogers produced a record for uh, Don Henley before he was in the Eagles. And uh, Don Henley was in a band called Shiloh, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And so Kenny Rogers lived with him. He was a, a really good tennis player. Now, it says he was a professional tennis player. I'm not sure what that means. Because to be a professional, you have to go and play for money. I guess he would play with professionals yeah. at that level. He said that for a period of 10 years, he was playing tennis for about eight hours a day. And he was even on the road with Wimbledon champions. If you're doing anything, I bet he was ripped. Yeah. If you're doing anything athletic for eight hours a day, holy crap. He's a talented interior designer. And he had a mantra. He said to have coined the phrase, success is no reason to quit. And he truly believed it. Kenny Rogers was 81 years old. Rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. Holy moly, you gave us a bunch of good music. And we appreciate that. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. 
St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Hey, so I was just talking about Lionel Richie in the last segment and how he wrote Lady for Kenny Rogers. And so I wanted to get him on the phone later in the week, but he just so happened to text me and go, hey, what's up? And I was like, we're in the studio right now. So it's not every day you get a call from Lionel Richie. So I talked to him, and you'll hear it right here, about Kenny Rogers, who he was great friends with. You're going to hear that, the story behind Lady, a little American Idol. So a real treat, a guy that I love being around and has been so cool to me. Here is Lionel Richie. Hello. Hello. Lionel. Yeah. Hey, it's Bobby. You're, well, how you doing, man? How are you holding up? Oh, you know, health-wise, like, I'm good. How? What are you doing right now? And Are you just locked in the house? I, listen, man, I am, listen, I have boulders against the gate. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I, have, I have a mask on my cell phone. What are you talking about? I don't trust me. Yeah, it, it's wild, especially where you are. Oh, please. I, I'm in ground zero of it on the West Coast. What are you talking about? Yeah, Luke and I, are, I mean, we're in Nashville, and it's here, but it's not like it is out there. No, no, no. But see, but the, the, the trick is, is that anything coastal, you know, like East Coast, West Coast, that's where it comes in. Well, I'm thinking about you. I miss you. Hey, man, listen, all I told uh, Bruce is, you know, you don't think that God's going to make all this happen for us, and then all of a sudden, you know, they take us out. <laughs> that's not what I want to do. Well, I'm glad to hear you're healthy and you're good. I, You know, I was... I. I and I want to talk to you about Kenny a little bit because I got to know Kenny later, and Kenny and I became really friendly in the later part of his life. Well, and I know you and him were close for years. Well, you know, let me let me let me be very honest with you. I, I just lost one of my heroes. That is the best way I can describe Kenny, um, because of the fact that you know I met him at a time in my life when I was trying to figure out life, you know, transitioning from the Commodores into my solo career. And, you know, God sent me an angel because this guy was probably one of the nicest guys I'd ever met in my life and full of knowledge, full of life knowledge. And he was able to, you know, he was in a group called the, the, the First Edition. And everything I was about to experience as a young kid, he had already been through it. And so it was just a beautiful relationship that blossomed into something called a friendship forever. We have lived a lot of life together. So when you write Lady, how long did you have that? Were you, was that meant to get to him? Was that for you? Like, What was the story between you writing it and him recording it? Well, it's all about, I think it's about God's plan, because it was actually designed, the melody of it was, uh, supposed to be for the Commodores. 
And at that particular time, I had written, you know, Three Times a Lady and all these other songs. And so the guy said, you know what, Lionel, do you have anything else besides uh, another love song? I said, well, I, I wrote a religious song, um, Jesus is Love. He said, well, take that. We like that. That's a good, that's a good transition from what we're doing. So now I went from having uh, another ballad to now having this thing sitting around. Well, I got a call from Kenny Rogers is saying, do you have a song for me? And I said, Kenny, I'm quite honest with you. I, <clears throat> I have a song, but I don't have time to do it because we're, the Commodores are going on tour in about two weeks, and I'm not going to be able to do it, but I'll do it when I come back. I hung up with the phone. About three days later, the drummer for the Commodores fell off his motorcycle, and I had two months uh, free time because he was recovering, and I called Kenny back and said, "Are you interested in that song?" He said, "Absolutely." <laughs> well, the funny part about this story is, <clears throat> my mumbles—I don't write the words because if you know anything about writing a song with the Commodores, for God's sakes, you don't finish the song because in two seconds they will say, "We don't like it." What else do you have? So I always would have basically the first verse of it all and nothing else. Well, the song was called Baby, just Baby, ba 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 right? And I now go to meet Kenny, and he had never heard a song pitched like this before, because I've never pitched a song to anyone. So I walk in his, in his backstage area of his uh, show, and he said, okay, what's the song? And I said, well, he was telling me about he had just gotten married, and he's never in his life ever, and he's never married, I mean, he married a lady, a real lady. Like, Lionel, I mean, what am I doing with a lady? Me of all people, you know. So he said, oh, yeah, by the way, what's the name of the song? I said, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no fool. <laughs> nice. And then from there, of course, uh, I, I said, lady, I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. He said, well, I said, do you like it? He said, well, where's the rest of the song? I said, well, no, I'm, I'll finish it if you like it. <laughs> so he trusted me. I, I, of course, he tells that story. You'll hear this story. He'll repeat the story back. He said, I couldn't believe that's all he played for me. And, of course, we went in the studio, and a massive hit. But he always teases me because while we were recording that song, I wrote two songs for him. The first song was called Going Back to Alabama, and the second song was Lady. Well, I thought just to warm up with Kenny, I will do, I'll do going back to Alabama first just to get used to recording with him, and then we'll knock out Lady. Well, we get halfway through going back to Alabama. He said, Lionel, I don't really want to sing this song. Let's just sing Lady. Well, I didn't want to tell him I'd only written the first verse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he sang the first verse, and then I said, you know, I, I, I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. And so I'm now in the bathroom writing the second verse to Lady. And, of course, the joke with Kenny was, if you want to get a great hit record from Lionel Richie, make sure he writes the second verse in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, that was the story. But, I mean, it's, it's all true, as crazy as it sounds. But it was just a massive, massive record for both of us. You know, until I was kind of looking back at some old old Kenny stuff, um, you know, he sang on We Are the World, which you wrote. Yeah, 
you know, that was, um, you know what that, I, I was very fortunate to, at, at the particular time, when I went into my solo career, I also, I had Kenny there as my advisor, and the joke was, I was hanging out with Kenny's manager, Ken Cragen. And so when I was looking for a manager, Ken said, well, Kenny said, well, I got Ken right here. What do you think about that? And I just segued right to we had the same manager. So, of course, when I did We Are the World, naturally, with Michael, naturally Kenny's going to be a part of that no matter what because I just had to have him in there. And by that time, we were just, we were just two peas in a pot by that time. And, of course, We Are the World was just one of those... Um, you know, I, I think every once in a while, God kind of possesses you and says, this is what you're really here to do. And the world needs to hear this song. And you need to deliver this message. And, of course, you know, even to this day, someone asked me the other day, am I going to write another We Are the World? And I said, no, I'm just going to play We Are the World again. Because every time I try to write a new We Are the World, I keep writing the same lyrics that I wrote for We Are the World. The message is the same right now. We are challenged, but we are our brother's keeper right now. And we have to make sure that we are taking care of each other, because that's what God planned, and not to be, you know, a, a tribe and a tribe and a tribe. But we keep being forced to do something together. And right now, this is that time in life to hear those words again. And I must admit that that song resonates today like it did, you know, what, 30-some-odd years ago, 35 years ago. Well, I know that uh, you and Kenny were, were dear friends, and I appreciate you sharing the stories about them. And I, I appreciate you being so friendly and so kind to me. Like, I love you, too. You, you, you just have been, Lionel, you just have been the best to me. You, haven't, you didn't need to be, but you just have been the best to me. Well, you know what? I, um, I, I have to tell you something. I've been trained by some very famous people. And when I say that, you know, when I met Kenny Rogers, you couldn't get any bigger than Kenny Rogers. You know, that was the gambler I walked in on. And I must tell you, in less than 15 seconds, he made me feel like we grew up together back in Houston, Texas. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And I learned a big trick, and that is, if you're famous, if you're really famous, you don't have to scare anybody to death. You just have to be as nice as you possibly can, because that's, they're already uncomfortable when they first meet you. And I must admit, you were so quiet when I first met you, I figured, i got to cheer you up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make that much noise at all, but, you know, I kind of thought maybe, maybe he doesn't want to talk to me. But, but you are the sweetest guy, and I'm just tell you, now that we're with the show together, I mean, this is just... A, too much fun, and we were meant to be together. But um, don't worry. I, I think we've got a lot more life to go, Bobby. I think so, too. And, and you know, I love you. You're, you're so good on American Idol. And oh, man. Back, at you. Back you, at you. You still like doing the show? You still love doing the show? Can I tell you something? I am having, truthfully, the best time ever in my life. I, I, when I first started, I kept thinking, okay, now what am I doing? Because I've got Luke at the other end of the table, and I'm not quite sure what Luke's going to say. And and Luke scares me, but he's so funny, and we've become the best of friends. I'm I'm, I'm actually, you know, I feel like Luke and, and Lionel, like Kenny and and, and Lionel. You know, it's, just, it's so crazy. And then of course Katie, when Katie scares 
the two of us, you know we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, I must say? I think about your job. You have the tough job because after we deal with them in front of us, we hand them back to you, and they're a nervous wreck. They're nervous Before going they in, them, nervous oh coming my, out. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if I could do your job. Your job is you have to put them together to face us and then pull them back together. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I, I must tell you, I'm enjoying the show. It is a delight. And the most part, I think that the world needs a little compassion when they see us on that show. Those kids are very brave. And, uh, and I, I just love kind of being the mentor for them. I'm going to play us out here. What, what's your one, Lionel, you, you have one song. The crowd, you, it's, a, it's a stadium. They say you only get to play one song, Lionel. What are you going to play? Um, if I had to play one song, it would be my, my theme song, which is Easy Like Sunday Morning. I, just, I think that's just the way I feel. Man, listen, I love you. I'll see you soon. Be safe, my friend. All right, my friend. And tell everyone, all the listeners out there, hang in there. This is going to be a rough ride, but, but God will get us through this. All right, Lionel. See you later, friend. All right, my brother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.